Welcome, citizens of Gotham, to The Fire Rises, a Batman podcast focusing on all things The Dark Knight and his world. If you'd like to connect with the show, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at TFRBatPod. And if you have thoughts, questions, comments, or even suggestions for the show, you can reach us by email at TFRBatPod at gmail.com. My name is Eric Carter, and I am your host, and I am joined once again and as always by my co-host, Mr. Joseph Fornerado. Joe! We are late this time, but how are you? I'm doing good. I had a week to recover from all the homework that I did to prepare for this episode. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The tremendous amount of homework I gave you to do. Listen, I I reread Nightfall in its entirety. I reread the entirety of Tom King's Batman run. I mean, I I did all that Mm. in a matter of a week. I I think that's pretty good. Mm. And I'm Mm. a complete liar. Imagine. Imagine the anchor man uh, Will Ferrell gif right now. I don't believe you. <laughs> I don't believe myself <laughs> saying it. That's that's. There's no way. But <laughs> <laughs> well, Joe, you kind of buried the lead there just a tiny bit, so th- some people might have an idea. Which, if you saw the title of the episode, you know what we're covering anyway. But that's right. It's an it's an anniversary, and this is a way late anniversary. But we were looking for things to discuss, and I realized that we were way late on this because this year marks the 30th anniversary of the man who broke the bat Bane. So we are here to talk about one of the, I, I would say he's become a pretty iconic Batman villain and that is Bane. Uh, Joe, I I don't know, just to kind of start off there. With Bane, that's a great question. Like, where do you kind of put him amongst the the rogues gallery, the the villain assortment for Batman? Well, when you, th- it was funny. The minute you started talking about like where he ranks and how he's become this iconic villain, I, it's pretty crazy to think how quickly he made it into a film from when he was first brought into the comics. I mean, that's it was only four years between 93 and Batman and Robin. And he was known as the man that broke the bat right away. That was how he was described to me when I heard he was going to be in Batman and Robin. Um, He was the one that broke Batman's back and he's been known for that ever since. And you will get into it. You could argue that's still what he's best known for. And he might have peaked in, you know, at his first appearance, if, uh, if you ask some people, but I, I would put him, if we go right into like tears, I would say like B list, maybe. I, I I mean, I don't think he's an A, but I still think he's pretty close to it. I don't know. Where do you feel on that? Or where do you fall on that? So it's funny you said that, uh, especially about, you know, the time it took him to transition from, from page to, page to screen because I mean, he even, I mean, he got on the big screen quicker than Harley Quinn did. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I mean, unless, unless you count, I mean, is he the quickest? Like, I mean, without counting like the serials and, and even the 66 show, I would say yes. Even, even the 60s, I mean, you know, the 66 movie, you could argue some of the characters on the TV show. I'm sure some of them were pretty instant. But as far as like a, a feature film, he's got to be the quickest. And I'm sure we're yeah, missing somebody so. obvious, but I, that's he's the first one that pops to my head where you think of like quickest turnaround. Mm-hmm. Now, it's arguable. I, maybe they should have waited a little longer <laughs> because well, yeah, it, the results it, were. You were, could argue he wasn't really on screen until uh, <laughs> 2012. Yeah, yeah. So, but anyway, uh, back to your question, I really, really like Bane. Um, I have multiple statues, multiple Funkos. Uh, I am, I'm pretty big on Bane. Um, he ranks, he ranks pretty high for me. He's like in my top five of Batman villains. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I do consider him an A-lister just because, I mean, how many other villains, like recent villains, can you count that came in and made that big of an impact immediately mm-hmm. on the character and on his, you know, on, on his mythos. I mean, 
possibly the next ones after the next, you know, villain or villain group after him was Court of Owls, right? Has there been a villain between there that made a huge impact? And and stuck around? Yeah, it's hard it's hard to think of that stuff off the top of my head because and not even to get into a tangent. But there's like not the one that Owls. that readily comes to mind though, is what no, I'm saying. Other than like what you said with the Court of Owls, but I still like it's hard for me because I guess the way I do the list is a little different where I still always just consider the a lists are the ones that have been there forever. And I don't think anyone will ever like get into that a list. Like as much as I love the court of owls to me, they're not a list yet. Like, and I don't think they ever will be. I think the a list will always be Joker, penguin, two face, Riddler, Catwoman. I think those are like my only a lists. Like that's it. Like, I don't think it can... we'll see. We'll see. And hit, Everybody ranks it differently, and it's yeah. all, it's all completely up to up to you. But um, I know a lot of people put Penguin there just because you know he's always been there. He was one of the big four in the '66 series. You know, he was one of the original villains in the in the Batman movie series, and and all that. And I love Penguin, but like whenever Bane pops up in a Batman comic, it's a big deal. I get a, a little bit of sense. I get a sense of dread. Yes. for Batman. I don't get that when I see penguins popping up in a comic. Well, that's like, the thing is like penguins almost changes. become that. Yeah. Penguins almost become, he's become that constant. Like he's always there, but he's never the big bad anymore. You know, he's, he's kind of the secondary player. He's, he's the informant almost for Batman at this point. So it, I don't know for some, I, I feel just me personally, Bane has more impact at this point than penguin does. And yeah, that, I, that I is ultimately that. subjective. Yeah. And I can't argue it yeah. though, because you're right. Like it seems like every time Bane shows up, it has to be an event because he is such a formidable, formidable foe for Batman where penguin has kind mm. of, I don't even, this sounds like such a, a, um, a negative thing to say about penguin, but it's almost like penguin has devolved as a character over the years. And I don't, I don't even think that like, I don't mean that as a bad thing because I think he's utilized to his strengths at this point, but you'd like to see him more prevalent. And again, I don't want to go on a tangent with Penguin. We're talking about Bane here, but just in comparison, Bane has, he does have that impact every time he shows up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause I mean, some of the, even if you don't like the stories and we'll talk about some of those later, but even like some of the most recent Bane stories, like he comes in, and every time Bane appears, it's something awful happens. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it, it, that's, that's why I say, you know, I get almost, like I said, a sense of dread when I know that Bane is the, is the upcoming big bad in a comic run for Batman. Uh, but we'll get into different stories and things like that. Uh, but I did want to go over kind of the history and, and when you, when uh, like kind of our history with, with Bane, um, so he was created, uh, basically he was created for the Nightfall story, but they did something kind of interesting and they gave him kind of his own back backstory before he hit the main Batman title. And that was Vengeance of Bane in January of 93. Um, so we are a few months late, but we're talking about it in, in the 30 year range. So I still think we're good, Joe. Uh, <laughs> but I, I did want to like, before you saw Batman and Robin, um, had you already seen Bane in the animated series or did you know anything about Bane at that time? What What's your history with Bane? Um, to be honest with you, I totally forgot. Yeah, I had to have seen him in the animated series prior because, yeah, he appeared in the animated series <laughs> of what, 94, 95, something like that. Because um, it was season something two. like that. Yeah. Um, I had to have seen him there first. Um, but my, <laughs> my first introduction to Bane was funny, funnily enough, the junior novel nightfall and beyond. Um, oh, wow. I, I don't, I don't think I knew that was a thing to be honest. It was, it was like a junior novel adaptation of the, the graphic novel of nightfall. And I, it was just one of those things where. I saw it and it wasn't the, cause I know there's a Denny O'Neill adaptation with like the, the bat logo. Um, it's like a circle bat yellow oval logo on the front of it. I didn't have that one. I had this one. It had like a black cover 
with like a cool like silhouette of Batman, but like he looked darker and um, his face was covered. It was very um, artistic. It wasn't, I don't think um, anything that reflected how he looked in the book or anything like that. Um, I want to say like he was even holding a different cowl. It was, it was weird. I, I'm trying try to find a picture and send it to you, but it was just one of those things where I saw the book mm. in like a Barnes and Noble and I thought, oh, that looks really cool. And I read the book and I had no idea what was going on in the book because I had no idea who Azrael was. Like, I, I didn't know what was going on in the book. And I remember just learning that, you know, um, about the broken bat uh, or the broken back and all that stuff. But I was still a little kid. I didn't really even comprehend what I was reading. But that was my first introduction to mm-hmm. Bean, which was a really weird way to be introduced to him. Yeah, so for me, unfortunately, like my most vivid memory of the first time, like I really recognized, you know, knowing Bane was Batman and Robin. Um, And I know I had to have seen the Batman, the animated series episodes, kind of like you said, but it doesn't stick, you know, front of mind, like remembering seeing Bane and Batman and Robin. And I do remember because, um, in the nineties, you know, I was a big, I was a big wrestling kid. I loved WWF at the time. And I remember that, you know, not a huge fan of Batman and Robin, even at that age. But I remember just thinking, I love Bane's mask. I thought it was mm-hmm. really cool. It kind of looks like a luchador mask, right? Yeah. So I, I always really, really liked that mask. Cause it was like, almost like I saw hints of like, Ray Mysterio in there. I saw hints of Spider-Man in there, you know, just the, the angles and the lines of the eyes and the way that mask looks always stood out to me. So I always kind of liked Bane, even the crappy Jeeps Fenson version who <laughs> walked around going bomb, um, which is a terrible representation of Bane. But I will say other than like the green skin Frankenstein looking characteristic, he looks pretty good in the movie. He just wasn't portrayed very well, but yeah. that's, that's my clearest early memory of, of Bane is Batman and Robin. And then of course I do remember, um, a couple of years later when I really got into reading comics, I remember reading vengeance of Bane. I remember reading nightfall. Um, and yeah, it just, that character has always linked to me for some reason, because I love that, you know, with Bane, I think, um, it's kind of the don't judge a book, don't judge a book by its cover kind of thing, which I very much think is what you do if you just see Batman and Robin, and that's what you know of Bane. Because if you were to just see him, he looks like a big, you know, hulking, you know, presence, and you don't always think of intelligence. But under all the mass and the muscle, is a extremely intelligent tactician who matches wits with Batman, and I just think that's a really cool concept. So I've always really, really liked Bane. Yeah, I, I agree. And that is, to me, that was always what made Bane much more interesting is his brain to go with the the, mm. brawn, the, the way that he could be such an imposing um, figure on Batman physically, but to to complement that with the, the intelligence that he, like him going up against Batman one-on-one, both of them at their best, Bane looks like he would have a huge advantage already. But the way he's such a tactician in Nightfall to even wear Batman down further, to not even take the chance, it's almost like, like you'd think he'd want to to go after Batman at his best to prove that he can beat him at his best, but Bane doesn't even care. He just wants to beat him. So he's he's smart enough to know that and recognize that. So it's it's pretty it's pretty cool. And um he was so Nightfall's opened up in uh in April. So we're closer to uh the April um anniversary than we are in january yeah so we'll go by that but um and also i just want to reiterate so with the nightfall and beyond i looked at the picture because you know how like your memories are all false like you, you know like your your memories play tricks on you so in the the cover that i'm thinking mm-hmm. of it is actually Azrael in the cover and it's Azrael holding up a back howl and i remember just seeing but Azrael looks oh, really dark and okay. scary and um i just remember seeing that as a kid thinking what the heck am i looking at because i just assumed it was batman and um Still to this day. So it is it Azrael in Azrael garb or the Azrael, Asbat? Asbats, yeah. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. And okay. he's in this, but it's a darker suit. It's not um 
yeah, it's pretty it's pretty creepy looking. And the Alan Grant did this adaptation that I read, not um because I want to say there's also one by Denny O'Neill. Okay, gotcha. Okay, so we've kind of given our thoughts and our earliest recollections of Bane. Um, now, kind of want to talk about some of like the most impactful stories, uh, memorable stories for each of us, and, and not necessarily favorite. But if you have any favorites, I'm open to that as well. Um, so, Joe, I don't know if you have any readily available, but what like it is there a story? And and I know the answer is probably Nightfall, but is there a story that immediately jumps to mind when you think Bane? I think it has to be Nightfall. It does. It's just so weird because I can't even say that, like, I, you know, unabashedly love the story of Nightfall. I think the concept of Bane, and this might be controversial, <laughs> still to this day, how many years later, I think the concept of Bane has been far better than the execution of Bane. I think Nightfall, in a condensed story, like, I think the novel works. Um, I think Nightfall, <laughs> like, I don't have the huge omnibus of Nightfall. I have, like, the original broken back uh, graphic novel that's, like, trade paperback stripped to the bones. Like, this is all you need. I don't even have the newer versions that came out after that. And then there was, like, the omnibus on top of it. I am very um, simplified with Nightfall. I think... I think it goes on way too long, especially after Bane already ba- breaks uh, Batman. But the the core of mm. that story with Bane going after Batman in the first uh, story arc, I think is done really well. It's really cool how you see him systematically go after, you know, beating Batman down before he even gets to the point where he breaks into, you know, the Batcave and does all the stuff that we know. But other than that, I mean the only other Bane stories, I don't know of any, you know, without taking them all because there's, I mean, in my opinion, I don't think there are that many. The other, only other one I can say without saying the other obvious one, I guess from recent years, I'll say is legacy. If I remember a little bit of that one, I think legacy is the one where, Oh yeah. Um, he's trying to be the legacy for Raza Ghul, if I remember right. Right. Like he's trying to basically yeah, take over something like that. Yeah. I haven't read it in a long time. Yeah. I think cause he played a big part in those stories where, um, again, like Bane just always played a part in those crossovers. Uh, it went from like <laughs> contagion and legacy and, uh, what was the one? The, there was a couple of them in there. Oh, I can't, re- I know that, um, legacy, Legacy is the sequel to Contagion. Yeah, so I think it was I think it was both of them. I want to say Bane played a part in Legacy. Yeah, he did. Um and that's and that's kind of where the link uh between Ra's al Ghul and Bane, that's kind of where Christopher Nolan tweaked that idea. Mm-hmm. Um Dark Knight Rises, but yeah, you're you're right. And I, that's one I need to reread because I do remember really liking Legacy. Mhm. But yeah, I mean, for me, Nightfall is absolutely where my mind goes first. Um, I do think, I think you're right. Nightfall stretches on entirely too long, um, which I, I know you're a huge fan, but I feel that way about No Man's Land as well. So, oh, no, I completely I don't agree. I think No Man's Land might even be worse than Nightfall. <laughs> I And I love No Man's Land, but, yeah. but <laughs> I actually think the novel is this is all you need. Yeah. Yeah. So completely agree with <laughs> Nightfall being I mean that's 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 where you got to go first. I mean that's that's immediately where your mind goes because of the impact that it's left. Um having said that, there is a story and I don't know if you've ever read it. Uh but it's it's uh by Gail Simone and it's called Secret 6. And I love that story. It's sort of a play on um like this whole team is basically suicide squad rejects, mm-hmm. but, but Bane is the leader of this group. Was that done in the new 52? And like, Oh gosh, I can't remember when it came out to be honest with you. Cause it feels so standalone. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I was just curious how, yeah, I'd have it was. to look back. I'll look it up real quick. 
Yeah, but I know that like Scandal Savage, who is, you know, of course, Vandal's daughter, she's in the story and um, her and Bane kind of develop this close relationship. But Bane really, really gets to kind of play, play more than he normally does in this story, because there's not really it's not really him just taking on Batman. Mm -hmm. There's a lot more nuance to it. And man, I. Gail Simone's not always my favorite, but when when Gail hits, the stories are great. And and I think this one's a hit. So if you haven't read Secret Six, I highly recommend it. Um But yeah, other than that, there's Oh, there's one major story that I really want to talk about with Bane. And oh gosh, we're gonna talk about Tom King. Um <laughs> So I do, I do want to know, you read Tom King's entire run, correct, Joe? Yes. What did you think of his, his Bane stuff? Again, I, I think the story is really compelling. I think, I think he almost tried to just modernize Nightfall to an extent. I, I, and again, I was really excited for it. Um, it was like he tried to do a modernized version of that and maybe a combination of that and a little bit of Dark Knight Rises in there. Um, I don't know. It just It's hard because I I just don't connect with Tom King's writing of Batman. Uh, but I, I was so excited and I think he handles Bane really well. And Bane is scary in that book and... He he is intelligent. He is a strategist. But I just felt like, and this might be on me, I'm sorry. I couldn't even tell you where that story went. And I read it twice. Like, I don't remember. I, I, I don't even remember what came out of it. Now, are we talking, are you talking about I Am Bane or are you talking City of Bane? Sure. Because <laughs> I don't even remember <laughs> what happened with either one. Like... All I remember about the Bane story is Thomas Wayne. That's not good. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'll tell you this. I think Tom King writes Bane, just the character Bane, really, really well. I like how he portrays Bane. Um, And let me tell you, when City of Bane came around, I was super excited for it. Because... I, I'm that big of a fan of Bane. And I knew that it, if this was going to be a big event where Bane is kind of taking over the city and everything like that, I, I was really excited for it. And, and I was really nervous for Batman. What was going to happen to Batman? Which is the first um, one? That City of prob- Bane? I am Bane's first. City of Bane was close to the end of King's okay, Run. Yeah, I don't remember anything um, from City of Bane. I remember I am Bane because it was really scary. And I remember him hanging the Bat family and then not knowing yeah. what happened after that. And it was it was weird. And well, spoilers, City of Bane is where he snapped Alfred's neck. Oh, that's right. Okay. Yeah. So Yeah, and yeah. again, like I just his it's just not for me. Like Tom King is an excellent writer and and I'm not trying to just sit here and complain about the Tom King run on Batman because I've read it because I, I was interested. Um his storytelling or like his stories really interest me. They're so compelling. The ideas are all there. It's his way of doing it loses me. And it's, it may be because I'm just not smart enough to follow it. I am fully um, willing to admit that. Like I, I, but I like his miracle, um, his Mr. Miracle. I loved his vision. Like, so for whatever reason, the way he tells these long stories lose me. I like his limited series a lot better. Well, here's, here's where I have the problem though. As, as well as he wrote Bane, his Batman in that Batman run is not a good adversary for Bane. Mm -hmm. Like Bane is a much better character in that Batman arc than Batman is. Yeah. And that's a problem because you basically have an absentee Batman the entire time. Mm-hmm. 
and you have a Batman who's often wherever on some beach, you know, <laughs> playing Magnum PI with Catwoman. And meanwhile, Bane is destroying Gotham and torturing the Bat family and killing Alfred in front of Robin. And Batman's not there. Yeah. Because he's on a date. Yeah. And we, so we don't want to just like, we, let's, we don't want to beat up the, the arc too much. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I just want to say I, that, that my main point was I'm so torn on that story because I love the Bane stuff. Yeah. But it's like, it can't, it can't be one of my favorite stories with Bane mm-hmm. because it just doesn't feel like it's, it's not like a good it's, matchup. It's on equal footing. Yeah. Did, did you yeah. ever read? Yeah, that was my, uh, sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. Um, did you ever no, read go ahead. forever? Not forever evil. What was it? Arkham crap. There was a whole bunch of like side stories going on uh, at that time of forever evil. Wasn't there like a side story with the like Arkham inmates and Bane was like the leader of it. Crap. Uh, and I'm going on a tangent that I can't even land. Um, oh, I can't remember what it was. It was one of the forever evil tie-ins. But were you reading those at, at, at a point or no? I never read Forever Evil. It's Arkham definitely War. a blind spot. It was Arkham War. And I want to say... Okay. I really want to say Bane was a uh, a main character. But I, I didn't read it. I was just curious if you had. So that doesn't really matter anyway. But I want to say he played a pretty big part in that. <laughs> but I was hoping you had... <laughs> I was hoping I would jog your memory, but I guess not. No. Um... Now, I will say, I mean, just so far as like getting to know Bane, I don't think there's ever been a better kind of villain backstory comic than Vengeance of Bane. I mean, they really lay out his history in Vengeance, and I think it's great. Um, In fact, I I think Vengeance of Bane (laughs) may be better than Nightfall, in my opinion, because, I mean, it, it, it gets you very excited for what's to come. With Bane, mm-hmm. you know, confronting Batman. Yeah, I did reread Vengeance um, of Bane prior to, to doing the episode. That was the one thing I really did read last week. And yeah, I hadn't read that in years. And it was fun to reread that and and get all the intros to the other characters and see all the torment that Bane mm-hmm. went through from being a child. And it doesn't make Bane a sympathetic character because you because of all the despicable stuff he does going forward. But it's cool to see the creation of this villain and the fact that DC like gave them this huge, it's like a 60 page. I don't know if that's even considered a prestige format book, whatever that was back in the day um, to introduce the character, knowing what they were going to do with them. I think that was smart because it gives you that mm-hmm. introduction to yeah. the character that is going to play a huge part for years to come. Yeah. Now vengeance of Bane two, not so good. Yeah, I told you I couldn't um, get through it. <laughs> it's yeah, it's boring, um, and that's never that's never a good sign for a comic. Also, I wanted to I wanted to bring up did you do you remember him in the very brief appearance he had in Infinite Crisis? God, and I love Infinite Crisis, but no, I don't remember what he does in Infinite Crisis. I know you do. That's why I bring it up. Yeah, it's... the only thing he does, the only thing he does in Infinite Crisis, and I think it really regressed the character. For, for a few years there. Um, so funnily enough, Judo Master, not a name you hear often, but with the, Peacemaker recently. Is it the female Judo Master? So Bane, uh, I can't, I don't think so. Oh, okay. I think it's the male. Because I just read, um, um, I was just reading something recently with the female version of Judo Master. So, okay, go ahead. But he's he's very briefly in it. And, and I, I was just doing some, I was just doing some research uh, for this episode and I, rem- and I happened to remember that and, and looked up the page and it's just a page of him breaking judo masters back over his knee, like he did with Batman. And, it, and his line, his, his only dialogue in the story is I finally know who I am. I am Bane. I break people. <laughs> that's and it. it's like, that's just, yeah, it's like, that's a really I don't Weird. know. It's it's kind of simple simplifying Bane, I guess. So and it's like, what do you mean you finally yeah. know who you are? Like, where did that come from? <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyway, and and I think we we would be remiss if we didn't bring up Tom Hardy. 
Um, I know. I mean, we talked a, an entire episode about the Dark Knight Rises, but as much as Jeeps Fenson's version, I don't think did very much justice to Bane. I do think Tom Hardy did an excellent job portraying Bane, and it wasn't the comic book version that we're used to, but. He had the, you know, he had the brutality, he had the muscle, he had the intelligence. I don't know. I, I've always liked that portrayal of Bane. Um, and I wanted to let you speak to that for a moment as well, even though we did we did talk about it on the Dark Knight Rises episode. No, I completely agree. I, I love Tom Hardy's performance of Bane. And I get it. It's not the comics version. He doesn't have the the luchador mask. He He's not, you know, um, I mean, he's, he's not Hispanic. <laughs> he's 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 not this you know drug addicted uh you know behemoth that is you know pumping himself up before the fights but i think they did a cool way of showing you know they they have a cool way of doing like a a nolanized version of it he still has a mask it's a scary ass mask that that looks cool um and i think the they get the core of the character right with the physical imposition and the the intelligence. That to me was more important than the luchador mask and then and the vein and the the venom pumping through his veins and all that stuff. So I I love mm-hmm. and I love the movie, but I I think Tom Hardy does an excellent job. I love the voice, even though I love the mockery of the voice that we've seen over the years. I still love the original voice, and that kind of reminds me to go into uh gotta gotta get some props to Bane from uh, Harley Quinn. <laughs> Oh my gosh, yeah. He's one of my favorite characters from that show. Talk, so talk about polar opposite, but uh, um but yeah, I, I before we get to that, I I love um I love Tom Hardy as Bane and I think to me, I don't think and maybe this is a little far fetched, but I, I don't feel despite my criticisms of Tom King's Bane, I think Nolan's Bane kind of brought him back to being taken seriously in the comics and being made more for his brains uh, than just his, his brawn. So I, I like that he almost legitimized them again. And I think people were more willing to change his look a little bit in the comics to fit that militarized look as opposed to the, mm-hmm. you know, the wrestler. And I, I like his look now in the comics where it's like a, it's a hybrid between like the, the dark Knight rises and still having the luchador mask in some fa- form. I, I think it works really well that way. I, I love the look that Tom King gave him and Tom King and all his mix of artists that he had. I think they did a really good job with that. Yeah, I agree. Um, I'll, I'll give it to that, that run. I think Bane has looked better than he ever has in the comics before. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so I will give you that. Um, but yeah, as to not go back to that, I do, I did want to agree with you, man, the kind of piss take, uh, Tom Hardy voice impersonation that is done on the Harley Quinn show matched with the characterization of that version of Bane kills me. I I love (laughs) it. Um, and I have nitpicks about that show. I do, but Bane is not one of them because I think he's hilarious. Um, and it, it could be, you know, it feels like it could be overdone at times, but no, they, they nail it. And just some of the, like Bane being sexually frustrated all the time is kind of funny to me. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like, like it's kind of, it's a little on the nose because of the, you know, the, the kind of steroid uh, aspect of the character, but but it's, it's funny. Uh, So yeah, I, I, you know, I haven't heard anything recently, um, but would you be excited for Bane to come back in another comics run? I mean, because it doesn't sound like you like the Tom King run very much with Bane. I, I didn't either. Um, so what do you think? Would you like to see another portrayal of him coming up? Or would you like to see him in any upcoming movies? Yeah, I'm always open to see more of him. I think the problem is because he he's made, he's always made such an impact. It's like, how do you do something different with him? What else is his, what is his motivation other than just breaking Batman? And how do you, how do you introduce that again in a different way than what Tom King did or a different way of what nightfall was even it's hard. It's hard to find that. Um, 
I think you could do it in a movie because people are more willing to accept that it's just an adaptation of something we've seen before. But in a comic, you really need to make it fresh. Mm-hmm. So it's hard. Uh, I don't like, that's why I'm not even, I don't mean to criticize Tom King because it's not easy to, to, you know, bring the character in. And I think he did a good job. It just, his writing just isn't for me. And I admit that I just, yeah, I'm always open to seeing more of Bane. Um, it is just tough because it's hard to bring Bane in for one or two issues. Like how do you, how do you bring Bane in for just one or two issues and to make it interesting? It usually does have to be this long mm-hmm. sweeping thing. And how do you, what makes your story different from the last guy? And I, because we haven't gotten so many of them, I feel like there's gotta be a reason. It's gotta be tough to crack that code. Yeah. And that's the thing with, with Bane recently, I feel like that is an issue that writers are facing is because they don't really know exactly what to do with him. Um, Because the most recent appearances outside of Tom King's have mostly just been, you know, him being either controlled by someone else or being a pawn of someone else or, you know, that kind of thing. Like he was kind of in the hush animated film very much the same way in like the white knight books Mm -hmm. as much as i love uh sean murphy's writing and and that world you know bane's kind of a throwaway in that world um well if i remember it's funny you say that even in like no man's land he becomes like a an assassin for hire like so that and i think that's even yeah exactly that's even how he's brought into the animated series and i i will say i think the animated series is probably the most comic uh, accurate version we've seen, which usually is the case with uh, the animated series. Um, but yeah, it seems like that's the way they were using them for a while was almost like, like you say a pawn or like I, I do. It's almost like a, like why wouldn't he be someone you go after if you want someone killed? It makes sense, but it just, it wasn't utilizing him to his fullest potential. But again, you got to do something different with him once in a while. And it's hard. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I don't envy that task for any any of the creators. And I think that speaks um, to the brilliance I do of Nightfall. Think, like, I, I say it's long and yeah, it's too yeah. long, but it obviously had such a huge impact that it's hard to... It, you can't deny what it's done for the character. And, you know, it's, all, it's funny you say that because it's almost like every time I try to read Nightfall now, I've made it all the way through it again <laughs> a few times, but usually... It's like once I get past that moment where Batman gets broken by Bane, once I get into the Asriel stuff, I'm just not as interested. You know, <laughs> it's I, I try to read different like once, parts. Once of you it. get past Bane, mm-hmm. no, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, that's all I was gonna say was once you get past Bane, it's just kind of like, well, the the thrill is is a little gone now. Yeah, I actually try to read like because I don't think I've ever read the entire thing. Like as far as like every single mm-hmm. tie-in issue, um, there was always stuff missing from the versions I was reading. So now what I would try to do is like read the main core issues, but like skip some tie-ins and go to other ones. Um, there's so many like I'm trying to remember if I ever even read like is it the Crusade? Is the the Tim Drake stuff? And then there's the something else with um, Bruce being nursed back to health. There's more in-depth stuff with that. There's, there's definitely a mm-hmm. bunch of different side stories with that, that I tried to, I try to like branch out and read different versions of it just because if you read them all in one shot, it is, it is a lot. Yeah. It becomes almost a, a daunting task to, to look at all those books and be like, ah, oh. um, but yeah, as for myself talking about what we'd like to see in the future, I mean, I'm down to see Bane. In, in any aspect, I, I do love seeing him in Harley Quinn. Uh, I love the video game versions we've gotten for him. I think the Arkham series did a really good job with Bane. Um, and yeah, with this new DC universe starting on film, I would really love to see another, you know, another director take a big screen swing at Bane. Um, Somewhere in between the comic book look of Jeep Svensson and the and the great characterization of Tom Hardy, I'd love to see a little more. And I gotta hate this term, but comic accurate Bane. 
I'd love to see. I think the Tom King Bane would work really well for a film. I think that is the perfect balance there. Yeah, I agree with that. So I'll give Tom King props there. I do agree with that. Uh, but anyway, um, other than that, is is there anything else that uh, that you wanted to mention or we left out uh, that you really wanted to get out there about Bane before we move on, Joe? No, that's that's pretty much it with him. Um, I will say if anyone has some story recommendations, uh, please send them our way. Um, if you have any stories that you really love that Bane's involved in that maybe they are like one or two issues, like short stories that maybe we missed. Um, I mean, I'm sure we missed some. Because uh, we really didn't name too many that were, you know, that weren't the biggies. So please, uh, please send them over because I would love to, to check them out. Absolutely. Yep. I second that. I would love some more Bane recommendations. I'm sure there's some stories out there that I have not read. Um, so yeah, shoot them our way. If you have any favorite Bane stories or any kind of hidden gems, let us know. Um, but I think that's a great spot there to move on. Um, so happy 30 years to Bane. And we look forward to seeing more of him in the future. Uh, but we're not ready to leave you guys yet. Uh, we actually have quite a few, or not quite a few, we have a couple of emails here that we wanted to uh, make sure that we read. Uh, so we <laughs> we did have a, a little more stretch between this episode. We had three weeks instead of our normal two and uh, it kind of worked out because we got a few more emails. So our first one here, Joe, is from Jonathan Mercado. And it says, greetings, Eric and Joe. Just listen to your episode on the rankings on your top five Batman voice actors. And it got me thinking of what my rankings would be. And here we go. Number five, Peter Weller. Number four, Diedrich Bader. Number three, Will Friedel. Number two, Jensen Ackles. And number one, A and B, Kevin Conroy and Bruce Greenwood. My five and four could be a revolving door of talented voiceover actors. There's so many of them, and they bring their own take to our beloved Batman. Keep shining that bat signal, love the show, and look forward to each episode. John. Well, John, thank you so much for that email. Um, But having Will Friedel on your list, I I think that's going to get you off of Joe's Christmas card. Yeah, I noticed you paused on Will Friedle for me. I appreciate that. You almost emphasized <laughs> did, that a little bit more. I did that more. just for you. Yeah. <laughs> I don't hate Will Friedle. I, I love Will Friedle. I just, it wasn't, it wasn't one that I would include because I wasn't going that way, but that's fine. Well, John, I love your list here and I, I love the variety you have. Um, I mean, Peter Weller and Diedrich Bader, those are kind of two complete opposite sides of the Batman spectrum. So that's really cool to see some variety there in your list. But I think that's a great list. And I, for, I, I love that you put Will Friedel on there, even if Joe doesn't. <laughs> yeah. I'm very bitter about it. <laughs> All right, but we'll move on to the next one here. And this is from Grant Nichols and Grant says, Hey guys, love your show. Found both of you while listening to the Batman book club and have listened to your show ever since your The Batman Review. An idea I have, and it may already be on your radar, but Batman Mask of the Phantasm hits its 30th anniversary this year. This is my favorite Batman story of all time and would love to hear an episode dedicated to it. Thank you, Grant. Well, Grant, thank you so much uh, for your email. Um, Batman Mask of the Phantasm is a very popular film uh, amongst this show, and absolutely, I would love to do a Mask of the Phantasm episode. Um, what do you think of that, Joe? Yeah, I think I could handle that. I think uh, I think I've even said on the show before that's one of those ones that I watch all the time, and my wife will walk in the room and just be like, "You're watching this again? Like, what is it about this one that you watch all the time?" And I'm just like, "I why not? <laughs> like, I, I I could watch that movie probably once a week, and it wouldn't even phase me. Like, I I love that movie, so I would love to cover it here." Um, I can't believe I didn't even realize it was his 30th anniversary. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. 93. Um, now the interesting part of that one is it came out Christmas day. Yes. It came out in December. I remember. So the interesting thing is like logistically, do we do that one? We can't do that one as a Christmas episode, but I think we can do a December episode on mask of the phantasm. 
I think we can make that work. Yeah, we got to see how the weeks um, the weeks end up. Maybe we could do it in between if we have time, or maybe maybe uh, we'll we'll figure something out there. <laughs> yeah, but either way, we're definitely we're definitely going to cover Mask of the Phantasm this year for its thirtieth anniversary. But thank you so much for that recommendation, Grant. That does uh, that does jog our memory there. And make sure we keep <laughs> we keep it front of mind. And thank you for listening since uh, the Batman review. That was a, that was a really fun one. Um, and it, and, it, and I feel like that, that kind of got some, uh, we kind of picked up some listeners from that one, Joe. So it seems to have worked out. <laughs> yeah. And it's nice that he found us from, uh, from the Batman book club with Ryan. I, um, that was fun. Yeah, doing absolutely. That episode I did with Ryan. I still got to get back on there. We've been trying to figure something out. I got to go back on there and cover. I think I got to cover Endgame uh, since I did death of the family. So that's a long time coming. Uh, well, funny. You should say that. I think. And I'm not going to set it in stone because you know how podcasting goes, but I'm pretty sure that I'm visiting the Batman book club fairly soon. Well, I can't so imagine what you'd be covering. Keep your, uh, Does it rhyme with, uh, <laughs> it's gotta be a Sean Murphy thing. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> uh, our next one is uh Stuart from Guernsey. So uh, Stuart says, hey, guys, it is Stuart. Great episode. I love both of your picks. And he's talking about the uh, voice actors picks. Here is my top five voice actors. And he kind of gave us a little a, a little rundown after each pick. Uh, he says five Peter Weller. His voice matched the tone of the Dark Knight Returns so well. I'm not sure how well it would fit in other Batman shows, though. Number four, Adam West. He was my first Batman in animation. This was about four to five years before BTAS premiered. Number three, Bruce Greenwood. Perfect Batman voice. I'm glad he got to show more of it in Young Justice. Number two, Jason O'Mara. This guy is so underrated. His voice is near spot on. If we lived in a world where Kevin never became Batman, Jason would be the standard for me. His voice is the second voice I hear in my head when I read comics. Depending on the story, I either hear him or I hear Conroy. And number number one, Kevin Conroy. He said, I know this was the obvious choice, but I couldn't not mention him. What else can I say? The legend will never be topped. We miss you, Kevin. Well, thank you so much, Stuart, for uh, your continued support, and thank you for your email. Love your list here. Again, a lot of variation, uh, a lot of variety there. Kevin Conroy, absolutely. He has to be number one. That's why we kind of did a 1A on our episode, but absolutely no fault there, uh, listing him as number one. And we do miss him. Uh, some interesting choices there, though, Joe. Uh, I love how much uh, he went to bat for Jason O'Mara. I know you were, you were really high on O'Mara. I was, I, I really, um, yeah, I, I love that list. I, I was really high on Jason O'Mara and I was not a fan of him on the first film he did. It was a little different for me, but I think once he fell into that role and I've said so on the, on the episode, I really just grew to love his performance. And um, I got to say, I love him, him uh, talking about Adam West. I, I spoke about Adam West on oh, yeah. our episode and I, I think he doesn't get enough credit for his voice work because we always just go right to thinking about the the show. So I think mm-hmm. uh, it's cool that he's getting some props there too. And thank you very much for the email to everybody. Yeah. I didn't say it to the, the last two, but thank you guys very much for sending in the emails. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much guys. Um, but yeah, thank you for the emails. Thank you for reaching out. Thank you for continued support of the show everyone who listens but i think uh that is a great spot for us to put a pin in this episode joe um but until next time thank you so much for joining me once again and why don't you tell everybody where they can find you you guys can find me on twitter instagram and letterboxd as jforn11 and you can find me on facebook as joe fornerato f-o-r-n-a-r-o-t-t-o and um Thank you again for having me on here. And uh, maybe next week we'll do a, a Guardians Volume 3 roundtable. Ooh. <laughs> if we, you know, you know, if we did Marvel on this show, I would love to talk about that movie, but <laughs> not quite. We don't. So, so we're going to hold off. Uh, but yeah, check out my letterbox. You'll see, you'll see what I think. Um, but yeah, 
coming up, Joe, we're, we're going to be doing some lead up stuff into the flash. I don't know if that's going to be the next episode, but I'm really excited about yeah, that. We, we so are everybody close. keep your, what, what do we have? Three episodes left. We are get- Three or four. I think so. Yeah. yeah. It's crazy. How close it co- comes up quick, man. It is. I got to see the it trailer is June again 16th. Today. I cannot wait. Nice. Oh yeah. Cause you went to see guardians. Yep. That's right. Got to see that trailer again. All on right. Big well, screen. Without without rambling further, uh, thank you again, Joe, for joining. Uh, if you'd like to find me, my personal accounts uh, can be found on Instagram, Twitter, and Letterboxd at MeCarter89. That's M-E-Carter89. The show can be found on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at TFRBatPod. And if you'd like to support the show in any way, um, the best way to do that is to leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. You can also leave us a star rating on Spotify. If you leave a written review on Apple Podcasts, we will read those on the show. We also read emails like the ones we read today. So if you'd like to get your voice heard, just send us an email at tfrbatpod at gmail.com. Another way you can support us, and we don't ask that you spend any money on this show, but if you'd like to, you can go to uh, redbubble.com and search shop. TFR, all one word, and find our logos on all kinds of cool stuff there. Our theme music was created by Gaurav Venkateswar. His music can be found on gvtunes.net. But that's going to do it for this episode of TFR. Thank you guys so much for joining us, and until next time, make sure you keep that bat signal lit and pointed skyward. Batman was created by Bill Finger and Bob Kane and is the sole property of Warner Brothers Discovery. The Fire Rises, a Batman podcast, is in no way associated with Warner Brothers Discovery, DC Comics, or DC Studios. The thoughts and opinions of the participants of this show are their own and do not represent the companies that they work for. Thank you for listening. We'll see you on the next episode. Sounds like you. Oh, I don't think I so. Do I sound like you never hear your own voice? I guess. <laughs>